All right, who's ready for the Dirt Life Show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, eight, episode 89 of the Dirt Life Show. Tonight we have a fantastic show for you guys lined up. Um, it's going to be our Baja 500 recap for our 2021. And, uh, man, it's insane. We had so much going on down there. Um, a bunch of different teams people are going to call in tonight. It's just going to be really fun. So, uh, as I always forget to say, I'm Georgie Hamill. To my left, I got uh, driver extraordinaire, mechanic extraordinaire, everything extraordinaire. Uh, James Hill of IMG Motorsports. We're sitting in his shop with, uh, unfortunately, his wounded soldier from... Uh, the Baja 500 race. So. Pulled it in, though. Pulled it off the trailer and pulled it in the shop. Still semi-intact, so it was uh, a good run. Before we start getting into the show and, like, talking to you guys about all the stuff we have planned, would you like me to uh, show them your uh, – I have a camera angle of a specific part on your uh, on your vehicle. <sighs> and you guys on Instagram, if you want to jump over to Facebook, you can see this camera angle. But give them a definition of what happened, James. Well – I mean, I witnessed this at the finish. That's when I first got to see this. But our boy Ryan Edwards, who ended the last half of the race for me, he drove it in like this for, I, I think it was like 14 miles. So, well, did, explain what it is first, because that thing's okay. b- bent up. Should I go to it? Uh, you can if you want. Nah. All right. So You got a long enough audio cord. Well, so you guys probably know we race the pro stock class. So we're running stock arms. Uh, with gussets, which we didn't do much of, and then some aftermarket ball joints, which is good in the, the class for tech. So what you see back there is the upper arm laying on top of the lower arm. No axle. No, it's there. It's just down below. It's down below, and it's still it's still moving, um, just not in the exterior uh, CV. So. <laughs> Yeah, man, it, it came in like that to the finish, and the tie rod held it together for the most part in the lower arm and ball joint while the upper and all the weight pivoted on top of that. Uh, and our boy Ryan and Aaron brought it in like that, so it was cool. Dude, it was definitely cool. I'm surprised that it lasted that long. It, it's funny because uh, the story that they might not ever ever see or know is that Ryan actually drove it on the highway or on the roads back to the house that we were staying at. Right. And it literally, right as we pulled into the house, finally gave way and laid the tire over. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, he didn't want to keep driving it, but we're like, yo, you're dirty. You just broke the car. We're not going back to the house to get the trailer. You got to <laughs> just run it out. So we made him drive, yeah, 10 extra miles on the re- roads or highway back to home. So, so crazy, man. Uh, we got a couple people already chiming in. Uh, thank you guys all for joining us, man. Uh, Mikey Sandoval said uh, good tacos. Or Mike Sandoval said good tacos in Valley T. I saw him down there, I think. Uh, and then uh, John Huppert said broken, important stuff. Yep, for sure. What's up, Jeremy Gray? Jeff Angel, Carnage, no tacos for you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I didn't provide the Carnage, so right. uh, I wasn't the driver. Hey, so let's talk about what we're going to do on the show today. Uh, if you see anybody chime in or comment on Instagram, will you hit them? Yeah. All right, cool. So uh, like I said, we're going to have a Baja 500 recap. A bunch of cool people are going to be calling in. Um, I just want to throw a shout-out to uh, James. Yeah. And all the guys at uh, KMC Wheels and IMG Motorsports for giving me the opportunity to go down to Baja and hang out with them. Honestly, I didn't have any idea what was going to happen, but uh, it was so fun, man. It was so fun. And we're going to have a bunch of story time with everybody tonight. Uh, man, Lindsay Geyser is going to call in. Uh, oh, yeah. Look, at, we got Merrill's, uh, Merrill's on board with the Wolf Pack there. Yeah. What's up, boys? Um, yeah. 
Lindsay guys are going to call in. Brandon Sims, cool. pro, pro turbo uh, UTV winner. Jeff Proctor, he won the 7200 class in his Honda Ridgeline. He's going to call in. He's actually on a surf trip right now with his son. They stayed so, down there? I don't know if he stayed down there. He came oh. up here to do it or whatever he did. Cool. Uh, Justin Smith from Shock Therapy is going to call in. Uh, and a guy you might know, Ryan Edwards, is going to call in a little Copy. later too. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an awesome show. We're going to have so many stories. So we want all you guys, man, the comments are already pouring in. So all you guys comment in as well and tell us about some of the fun stories that you guys had uh, because it's just going to be a rad show. We're just going to talk a whole bunch of shit all day. So um, the show couldn't happen, though without you guys so like i said you guys are our lifeblood i say it every episode uh, and we have some fantastic sponsors that also help us as well i can't even tell you how many direct messages we've gotten over the past week i mean i couldn't even answer them all i'm sorry if i didn't get back to you but dude it was insane cool to see everybody so amped on the stuff that we were doing these guys racing us having a good time um oh if you guys haven't seen any of the videos that we posted go to the dirt life show because we yeah. had some pretty heater days we had a, we got pulled over once. That was pretty, pretty good. Uh, you want to you know, save that story? Yeah, I'll save the story. <laughs> you guys should just check out the videos that George did. He was with us just doing media, pretty much the whole time. Uh, if there was a hot spot, he was getting with it while we were continuing to prep and pre-run. And you know what's rad though that I saw? We got a bunch of people sharing media of you doing either pre-running or racing, and we got to share it through ours too. Right. Just random guys, fans, yeah, and stuff yeah. on the track. Yeah, I think I saw a, a post from like Mikey Kelly catching us racing, and just uh, it's cool, man, when you get to see some some shots from you don't you didn't even know they're coming, so that's kind of neat. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's try to get to some of these. Uh, can you see what those guys wrote? Freedom Range Outdoors. Yeah. All right, truck driving, checking the show out. Thanks for tuning in and Hell yeah, listening man. to George. You know. I appreciate we're listening to us bullshit, man. It's cool that we can all talk to her. I love, love watching all the day-to-day updates. Yeah, that, that stuff was fun, man. What's up, Todd Zacone? Uh, Guy just joined us. Uh, Caffro, what up? What's up, man? First half of the race, average speed, 71.4. No way. Uh, it was probably only that average for like three miles. <laughs> Other we, than had, that, we had to slow it down, man. It was rough out there. Other than that, it was 69.0. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I got to get a shout out to the sponsors, man, because they're the ones that keep us going. So like I said, man, the KMC guys, they've been on board for the show, but look at how much cool stuff they're giving us the opportunity to do. They're getting up, giving us the opportunity to come out and hang out with you guys and participate in all these different events. So thank you very much, Ryan Edwards and uh, EFX Tires, too. Uh, excuse me, Ryan Guidus over there. They give us the opportunity to come hang out with you guys. So please support them as much as possible. Uh, James and I are both twinning. We, uh, yeah. we, to- we totally planned this. I called him this morning early, made sure he had the same hat on as Black I did. Black shirts, gray yeah. shorts. Done. Uh, thank We're you. Twinned. Thank you to the guys over at Shock Therapy. Justin Smith's going to be calling in a little bit later. He's just a fantastic human being in general, but he's been on board uh, with the show the whole time. They really, really support everything that we're doing. You can use the code DIRTLIFE over at shocktherapist.com. Get yourself some swag. You can get any of the cool parts that they got. Uh, Ryan Edwards is even probably going to run their steering rack on his uh, Turbo S. That thing's pretty badass, but you can save a whole bunch of money. Call them up. Tell them that uh, Dirt Life sent you and save a grip. Uh, the guys over at Zollinger Racing Products, uh, we talked about it on the last show. Travis Zollinger is going to be building a couple of the RS1s that are competing in the RS1 uh, Ironman Challenge for the Baja 1000. So go support those guys, man, because they're doing fantastic stuff over there uh, with their CNC stuff. You can use the code DIRTLIFE, save a whole bunch of money on the, the ZollingerRacingProducts.com. And uh, like I said, you can call uh, them as well. Uh, the guys over at CryoHeat. 
Oh, Josh over there, man, he's doing fantastic work protecting metal, making it smoother, less rolling resistance. Uh, you can use – or gee, actually, they don't have a code yet set up for us, but uh, you can call them up, tell them the Dirt Life sent you, show them some love. And uh, the guys over at Solder Weld, you can get yourself a Solder Weld off-road repair kit, welding blanket. You can use the code DIRTLIFE at uh, solderweld.com and uh, save a whole bunch of money. All right, what comments came in, man? Oh. Uh, Guidus said, "Yeah, Jim and George, <laughs> bring What's back tacos. Bring back tacos next time." <laughs> I mean, to be honest, we we brought some from Trilero just to the house, which was three blocks away, and it's just not the same, man. Yeah, you got to eat them live, dude. So much yeah. better. You got to get you got to get with us on the next uh, run. Official fifty five racing says, uh, <laughs> "Gotta love all style of racing." Hello from Michigan. Yeah, dude. I don't know what's going on in Michigan up there, but holy cow, it was cool down in Mexico. It was my first time that I ever went down there to participate in an off-road race like the Baja. Um, I've been down there a few times with short course and stuff like that, but this is totally different. So um, Eric Cozen says, sounds like a good show. Oh, look at E-Snacks. You might yeah. know her, huh? Uh, El Poblano Tacos. I, I, we had a kind of, uh, I don't know, a rating. Battle? I don't know. It was so good, though, dude. It was good. I gave him, what, an 8.9 or something? There's a lot of taco shops down on the Baja uh, Peninsula, you know? And depending on where you're at, everybody's got their favorites. But Erica did take us to El Poblano, which was on the south side of Ensenada. And you got to remember who Erica Sachs is. She's the snack queen. Yeah. So her taste buds are, like, on another level. So if she says it's good, you know it's good. It was fire. It really was. It was the best Atabata taco I have ever had. Probably. Yeah, it was really, really good. Con uh, queso. And she got extra guac for us. Mm -hmm. Hoo-wee. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, tacos and Valley Tea, everybody likes those, and everybody likes uh, El Trilero, too. So um, <laughs> McLaren 101 says he calls Shotgun next time. Man, I was uh, pumped that I got the opportunity to sit Shotgun with Ryan Edwards for uh, some of those pre-running days. It was cool. Uh, Chase... Three to uh, Justin commented in chase three to race 3909 radio check. <laughs> Yo, oh, uh, those guys had a good time chasing. Uh, yeah, Raptor boys did it, and uh, yeah, it looks like Lindsay guys already commented El Poblano is so good, but isn't El Trilero? We'll have to ask her if that beats El Trilero for her. Um, when did the car break? Uh, well, there's two. I wasn't in the car with it, bro. <laughs> there's two times. Let me get through some of these other comments, and then uh, we'll get to Dipfield's question right here. Uh, Dave Levinson said, uh, hey, guys, Eric Cozen just gave us uh, the horns. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Sadie Gray says, yeah, buddy, what's up, guys? April Edwards said 19% tax. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That's a funny story too. Yeah. Uh man, all of these all of these trips have so much behind them that uh people are talking about. Uh John Hupper says, "Didn't tell you Baja uh, didn't I tell you Baja is epic going down for the 1,000? Uh, we'll have to see. It'd be cool if uh, these guys could get some support to be able to race the 1,000. I would definitely join them again. Um, but honestly, man, I'm up to go uh, for anybody. It's uh, it's just really cool being down there. I was surprised at how uh, effective everybody was, how much effort all the teams put in and everything. So we'll talk about that a little bit more when some of our guests come on too. Uh, David P says, George, check out Corey Sappington's Facebook page. All right, I'll check it out. Uh, man, I'm online so much, though. Um, let's see. Richard HPR Harding says, HPR Rugged is watching. Well, thank you guys for watching. We appreciate it, man. Um, so our first guest is going to call in is Lindsay Geyser. She's probably going to hit us up in a little bit here. 
It'll be cool to talk with her and get a little bit of understanding of what uh, what she had going on with the team that, what do they call them? She made a, a comment. Oh, Team Safety Colors, the RPM team. Uh, When? What? She Was made I a comment. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. I might have But she called one. Team Safety Colors. You know why, right? Why? Because it's fluorescent yellow and fluorescent orange. Copy. So, uh, But those trucks were pretty badass, man. It was cool to see that uh, two-engine truck down there, too. Uh, Ditfield said, I'm down for the B1K for my birthday. Chase 69, full effect. <laughs> <laughs> Redhead Racing says, what's up, guys? Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool to talk about all these stories, man. What was the favorite part for you that was outside of racing? Uh, getting to put on pre-run miles and seeing Erica, my little sister, and then obviously, uh, I mean, my mom and Chuck, my stepdad, Erica's dad, being there with us, chasing. It, we we kind of did it pretty family style, you know? Like we well, had really a, it was. a friend group. Yep. But, uh, I mean, parents, you know, Ryan's dad being with us and his brother co-driving. Yep. And then... Your mom, your stepdad. Yeah, it's cool whole bunch of different that's friends. a fun way to do it you know it was cool though to see everybody had like um i don't want to say their place because uh, that might sound weird but everybody had like a place that they really like took effect from right? right like when i saw your stepdad chuck um out there doing his thing all he did was do everything the way he knew how it was like right. perfect setup dude like he's so experienced at sure. doing that stuff um, yeah. so, so it was pretty rad. And then people were making decisions on the fly. Just, it was, it was cool to see. I have never actually experienced stuff like that before, um, at that level. Right. I mean, there, and there's a lot that happened, you know, with, with just our team. So when you break it down, you know, on a Baja trip and you actually go through the paces of racing, <clears throat> it takes a ton. Yeah. It, it's not just about money. It's about who's with you, how, how everyone's rolling, um, there's a lot of logistics to it, and the bigger the team, the more there is to take care of, you know? Yeah. Chase trucks, like what's going in what trucks. And I was surprised how many chase trucks it actually uh, it actually took, man, to be able to do all this stuff. Uh, looks like we got Lindsay Geyser. What's up, girl? How are you? Hey. I'm good. Let me see if I can make sure that your, uh, your audio is coming in strong. Are you still at the office today? I am. I'm catching up on work. Super tired or what? A little tired. It was a long day yesterday, but um, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you on that. Uh, so, what was the uh, the favorite part that you had about Baja? Because James was talking about the camaraderie and the family aspect of it. We kind of asked you before you were going down there, but what was it uh, after the race? I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like I'm down there with my dad and my brother, and we're hanging out the whole time. It's cool to race with them. And do the whole Baja experience with the family. Um, and also tacos were my favorite. <laughs> Which tacos did you like the best this trip? We went to the trailer a couple times. And those those are all my, my always my favorite. We um, we usually go to El Poblano too. Like uh, Erica. and Because um, that's more towards where we stay. We stay way out by La Bufadora. Which is like 40 minutes south out of town. Um so El Poblano's right there, and they have really good tacos, too, but we didn't go there this time. Dude, those were fire. Did you get any um, El Pastor, or did you just get carne all weekend? I'm just carne. And I usually get shrimp, too, but they didn't have them. Someone said it's out of season for shrimp right now, so maybe at the 1,000. There's no stock on shrimp, COVID, I, COVID inventory? 
I'm not sure, but but the uh, the tuna, what's the the fish cannery? That place is firing for sure. <laughs> when, the almost, wind, when the wind blew our way, it was. I almost threw up. We were driving by that place, man. <laughs> I asked a couple times. I'm like, can we take a different route to get around that place? And they're like, nope, we got to go this one way. Yeah, it gets pretty ranked down there. Hey, so um, we didn't get to talk to you much because everybody is so busy during uh, race day or, or all that stuff. But, uh, you know, obviously we saw you at Tech and Contingency and, uh, you know, driving down the road and stuff like that. But what kind of like maybe give us a little bit of a background on how your whole, I don't know, if we'll call it a week because it was Thursday through Saturday went for you. Um, so we went down with Redline and RPM. Um, Redline, Jack's just got a new truck he bought smiley's old um g6 truck and so this was his first race in that which was pretty cool um they're getting it ready he will be racing the thousand with ken block so they'll be racing this truck so this was kind of like a i don't get him in it and get used to it get some miles um on that trip so we came down with him and the four-wheel drive came back out um They've been, they haven't raced in just over a year. Um, so that was pretty cool to have him back out. And then the twin engine, which has been racing and doing pretty well. Um, we got off to a bad start with all three trucks by mile. I think it was by, well, the first jacks and uh, the twin were having issues around 170 before 170. And then, um, the four-wheel drive started having some issues around 225, but we were able to get them all fixed and get them back on the road. So everybody finished. I uh, finished around midnight to two. All three trucks finished. So it was good to get everyone um, to the checkered. That's always a good feat. Like a massive plus, right? Do mm-hmm. you know? Do you know how your guys ended up doing? Uh, I think I saw. Well, trophy truck. Who knows? Because it's a mess, but. Uh, I think I saw 12th and 14th, um, and then the Legend truck got third in class, in their class. So That's pretty rad. Yeah, it was good. Hauling butt, actually. Yeah. But, what? Uh, yeah. Where did you guys stay at when you were down there? We get houses out by, um, it's, it's kind of by La Bufadora, so it's like, I don't know, it takes us like 40, 45 minutes once we get out of town south. Um, but we get a bunch of houses out there right on the beach, which is pretty cool. And then one of our friends has a shop right down the street, so we can keep all the all the trucks and them safe. Um, so that's usually where we stay out there. Hey, so I was looking at some of the results, and actually I'm looking at them right now. Brandon Sims, uh, who is going to come on in just a little bit here, he placed 30th overall, and he was the first UTV in the Pro Turbo class. He beat all of the 10 cars. That's crazy. Yeah. People can are you, hauling it. Can you believe that? I can believe it. They're there. In, in a tor- uh, with, with what I saw, my first, I did 230 from start to 230 or 225. Um, man, it was technical tight stuff and some silt beds, and there wasn't... Uh, I mean, we were just having like more of like a cruise pace. I wanted to make sure the car would be good, but yeah, I mean, the all-wheel drives, the Polaris is just rip up that short stuff. Where well, let me ask you a question then: Is it an advantage on a certain course, or is it just that the UTVs are getting that much faster? 
Well, I think it was just shown at uh, Silver State. I mean, some of those guys ran up in class 10s, right? Which is more of a lengthier course. Well, let's see here. So, As far as like road traveling, you know? Class 10, Brandon Sims crossed the line at uh, 12.15. Uh, he took him 12 hours, 15 minutes. The first class 10 car was eight minutes behind him. The the Razor's so nimble. And, and really, like, Sims got a beautiful car. It's a great platform. Um, I, does he have a 33-inch tire on it? That, I don't know. I don't know what he I wants. would assume so. Unless, yeah. We can know. ask him when he comes on. Right, but... Yeah, I mean, all-wheel drive, like, it just eats up all that tight stuff, and the car's a little more nimble, and sure, just because the horsepower's not there, man, power to weight's good and everything else. It's bonkers to me to feel, like, I, when we were talking about this last year, the evolution of you, I mean, Lindsay, actually, you could probably say this better than what I could even say, like, how gnarly is this, how UTVs are coming up so far? It's insane, yeah, but like, like uh, you guys were saying, I mean, it's, I think it's a combination of of the way they're built and they're, they're fast um, and they can get through stuff that, that other cars can't. But um, no, it's crazy. It's kind of cool to see them up there and competitive like that. Oh, you're talking about because the four-wheel drive, like what James was saying? Yeah. Yeah, I guess four-wheel drive, I don't want to say cheater status because that's what they are, but it, like mm-hmm. com- compared to a 10 car with two-wheel drive, you drive totally different, right? I think so, yeah. 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 Could, could you imagine if you only had uh, – a UTV production UTV and two wheel drive, man, it would be quite a bit slower. Yeah. No reason to, that would be crazy. Um, man, it was cool seeing everybody out there though. Was it nice for you to reunite and kind of see, um, I don't know, COVID not affecting things so much. Yeah. It's always good. We had plenty of time at, at tech to go talk to everyone. We were there for what? Three hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was pretty gnarly. We were there for a long time. We were there for long enough that you should definitely, I don't know if you've seen it, but you should definitely check out. Uh, we had two different teams that we called them. We had the tech team that w- went down there and was hanging out with us. And uh, we also had uh, another team that uh, was all of our friends that went and got, uh, I don't know, had drinks and had a fun time down in Ensenada. So we had a little video that we put together. It was hilarious. I was like, damn it. Why was I at tech? Because those guys were killing it in Mexico. <laughs> Yeah, they were they were downtowning hard. Like yeah, like pretty freaking. While we while we were out there standing in line, yeah, sweating our asses off. Hey, do you want to uh, hang out with us for a little bit while we talk to Brandon? Yeah, sure. Well, we got him uh, coming up in just a second here. I accepted him. Brandon Sims, what's up, homie? How are you? Oh, I'm just pulled over on the side of the road. Figure I'd get over, uh, get this interview done, and, and enjoy a, a little talk with y'all. Oh, right on, man. Well, we appreciate you hanging out with us. That's for sure. Um, hey, so first of all, congratulations, dude, on yeah. the win. That's so sick. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, it makes it that much better when you can uh, come home with a victory, right? Yeah, it does. It does make the long drive home significantly more enjoyable. So what was some of the uh, significant things that uh, you can talk about that were uh, happening with your race team? Because I know that you guys went down there and did a little bit of pre-running, but not much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty standard with my program. I don't have the big money that a lot of the other teams have. And uh, most of my team is consisted of, uh, you know, friends and uh, family that want to come help and, and join and be a part of it, you know, so. Uh, we, we actually went down, uh, we left, uh, Phoenix area early Wednesday morning and arrived in Ensenada sometime Wednesday, late afternoon. 
uh, by the time we got settled in and everything, we had a, an, uh, we had a uh, hotel right there downtown Ensenada that Baja Designs helped me with, take care of, you know, uh, right there, the Bahia, basically right below the, uh, the flag there in downtown Ensenada. So we were right in, right in the heart of Ensenada, which is kind of cool because you're close to everything. So, you know, basically we got unloaded and everything, checked in, went and had some food. And uh, I actually, I woke up Thursday morning at about 5 a.m. before the sun had even come up and, and I woke up puking and I've never done that before ever. I haven't had that kind of issues in forever. Um, and I can't, I don't know if I can contribute it to, um, you know, food poisoning or what, but it was kind of weird to wake up to that. And, and, uh, I had the most upset stomach I've had in years. So that was a little bit of adversity that I had to deal with that morning because I planned on doing some, uh, pre-running that morning. Uh, my friends all went and got me some, uh, uh, Pepto-Bismol, a whole bunch of stuff to get my stomach back into check. And, we actually ended up getting a chance to go pre-running around noon or so. And I pre-ran from race mile zero to, I think, like 105. And I uh, got a lot of good notes. Uh, we don't get to pre-run a lot. So, um, fortunately, uh, my, my co-driver, uh, Skyler, I've been sending him to school with uh, Erica. And she, he's been Oh, you know her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, he's been learning a lot, you know, and it's really helped our program out by having him knowing what he's doing and able to relay me uh exactly what's going on i mean i think that's an important part of the uh, the whole racing is is uh, an effective navigator and he's been doing a great job at that it's been a huge help in my program so um erica's school has definitely been paying off so it's uh it's been pretty cool to be able to send him to do that so uh basically we got a lot of pre-running done well we got that first hundred miles knocked out on thursday and uh, Friday, we figured we'd go down and uh, knock out some miles on the coast because uh, him and I were going to solo the whole race. So we had to figure out a way to pre-run both sides. So we went down to like 380 and uh, and uh, got, in the, got ready to unload the car, my pre-runner, and I climbed into it, and there was no key in the ignition. Uh, I evidently forgot the key in the hotel room, which was... Uh, not very cool because I ended up taking the ignition out of the car. I got my grinder out and I started grinding it down till I could get all the pins out of the lock cylinder. And, uh, we ended up using a, a flathead screwdriver as the key for the rest of the weekend in that car. So, um, that was, uh, that was a little different. You know, we spent a couple hours and it was a little frustrating because we were about to head back to the hotel and not, and not, uh, actually get to pre-run. So, we, uh, we actually got to do the, the 380 to, I think, wherever, Ojos, wherever we weren't allowed to pre-run anymore. I don't remember what number it was, but we got to, you know, put in a little bit of mileage there, which was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I said... I feel uh, like that's crazy, though, because the, wasn't the part that you did before 225, like 150 to 225, the gnarly part, or no? Which was the gnarliest part? Uh, well, I mean, Brandon can answer it because he saw it later, but yeah, it was, I mean, for me, it was slow, like crawler speed sometimes where i'm like what am i doing yeah was that the cutoff there or yeah the the cutoff basically like so you got to do the good part to valley t but valley t outbound right the one that crossed over to where you were you know i don't know like through the whole course yeah (laughs) i mean there were some rough spots man so yeah that was definitely the cutoff there because i only had two chase trucks so i had a chase truck in valley t there and I had another one at uh, 252 or something like that. So once we left Valley T, I was super stressed the entire time. I did not want to break down up there. 
and I knew it was going to be brutal and I didn't get to see any of that part of the course. So it was all just fresh, fresh learning. I was learning as we go, you know? So, um, fortunately racing best in the desert and stuff. I, I kind of, uh, that's how we race all of our races. You know, we don't get to pre-run. So right. it's kind of just basing everything off of, uh, what we see on the G- GPS and, and, uh, learning real quick, uh, what's going on. So, yeah, I was super stressed about breaking down up there. I did not want to have to be stuck up in the mountains uh, right. in those silt beds or any of that stuff um, through the night. So I, I kind of backed it down a little bit through there. And then as soon as we made it back to the coast, I picked it back up. Um, but, uh, you know, race day came and uh, as soon as we <laughs> as soon as we got to the star line, man, we uh, we didn't have uh, our extra D rings on our seatbelts, so we were like seven vehicles away from starting. I could see the numbers counting down, and uh, the tech guy came up to me and made sure I put those on. So we had to go over to PCI real quick, and they set me up with some D rings, and we're installing those D rings as we're going over the little uh, the the little tabletop thing right uh, into the start line, which was oh man, that was a wicked adrenaline rush right there, just trying to get ready. Um, we're sweating, you know. And then as soon as we get to the star line, the car in front of us, uh, the very last arch, um, it said like King on it, it, it fell over right in the middle of the course. And, uh, I saw the guy stop and he didn't know what to do and he ran it over. And so as soon as my light turned green, I had, uh, the next arch started to fall down and it hit the top of my car. And then I had to drive over the top of the, the King arch that was still full of air and uh, then all the railing was falling over as we were driving by it. It was it was kind of a terracross, kind of dude. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. <laughs> hey, you know what like. to do. Yeah, well, <laughs> we jumped it. Don't worry, I didn't let off. I was like, well, I guess we gained some time here. Um, That's funny. And then we started running into traffic pretty quick. Uh, I had a couple battles with some people that didn't want to move. Um, I actually ended up. Uh, bumping a guy pretty good and then it looked like he caught up to the guy in front of him and then uh those two were connected to each other they they got tangled up <laughs> and uh so then i got to pass two guys at once at that point which was super cool um i it was pretty unfortunate the guy didn't uh because he would have saved himself a bunch of trouble Dang. by not having to, to jackrabbit on me and, and take himself out of the race i thought right um after that, you know, we had a pretty uneventful race all the way until, uh, um, you know, we started, I think, 28th, which was, I think, three away from last. And uh, so we we did we dealt with a lot of UTV traffic. And for the most part, most people got it was really nice. Um, the crossover was pretty uneventful. There was a lot of uh, carnage out there, obviously. I mean, there was cars everywhere. I saw people sure. off cliffs. Um, you know, nobody looked like they were in distress or anything, but there was definitely a lot of carnage going on. Uh, once we got over the coast side, that was my sec or my next scheduled pit stop at 2:52. And uh, once we got there, I knew we were back. Uh, uh, I wasn't going to be spending the night out in the desert, so I picked the pace back up significantly. And uh, we didn't run any of that part either. You know, we didn't get to pre-run any of that section all the way up till 3:80. So the coast section was super. Uh, um, new to me you know i mean I, right. there's so many different options to to do and actually now that i think about it you know i know there's a lot of penalties assessed and now that i think about it i was just going to reiterate you know i was i was in the speed zones and i was watching my gps and i was watching gps uh simultaneously as the 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 stella and i made sure not to speed i mean i was getting bumped in speed zones by other people in our class which 
I thought was quite strange. I mean, I was in the speed limit, so I, I don't know why I was getting bumped um, in these speed limits and you know, or in these speed zones. I'd look back, and I'd be a quarter mile in front of somebody as soon as I hit the asphalt, and man, by a, a mile into that asphalt, they would be right on my ass. And I was like, man, these guys got to be speeding, and I just couldn't figure out what if they didn't think they were going to get penalties or what, you know, because right. it happened all over the place. And, I- yeah, I feel you. I got I got slammed by a car from your class that had had issues and obviously wanted to pass, so slammed in the speed zone and passed, and then it walked away from me. I mean, in a a little bit, you know, just just cre- kept creeping. I'm like, man, I am on the Stella at 36. Like I yeah. couldn't be more precise and trying to keep that speed, you know? Right, exactly, but, and that's how I felt too. Yeah. Um, it was quite frustrating. I felt like I was racing speed, people in speed zones, which I shouldn't. I feel like if I'm going now, if I'm going 25, right. I deserve to get bumped. But I was doing 36, 37 right yeah. there, making sure I kept it there, you know. And and uh, it was quite frustrating, you know, when I was having to deal with that. But you know, I, evidently it paid off because there's a lot of penalties out there that got assessed. And I think uh, um, I know I didn't speed, you know, and that's you know what it comes down to a lot of the time, you know. Right. Um, so I guess back to the race. Um, once we, we did the coast section, you know, I think my last pit stop was around four or I mean, three eighty. I think was my last pit stop right before uh, European there. And, uh, we dropped into European. I knew we were winning on time. Uh, we had everybody pretty much, you know, locked up on time. I didn't know the exact times, the split times, but I knew we were doing really well as far as timing went. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to run a, a fast, consistent pace to the finish line. Now four, I think around fourth, 20 i started hearing a weird noise in my front end and i could feel something in my steering and i didn't quite know what it was you know obviously i do alignments on my car before every race it's pretty obvious that i'm pretty adamant about making sure my car is perfect uh aligned before every race my steering wheel is usually spot on right right there after european my steering wheel started going a little crooked it was starting to point to 11 and then 10 o'clock and i'm like oh man oh crap something's bent, something's breaking something's going on in the front end and and I could feel it coming on, and I was like, man, this isn't good. So, um, basically, <laughs> I kept going. The steering got looser and looser and looser, and, uh, man, I had so much play in my steering. I didn't know what really was going on. I thought the steering rack was actually coming unbolted from the, the mount itself. You know, that's what it felt like to me. And right around 3 or right around 4.30, I want to say I lost complete steering, and it actually ended up on the, the side of the course in a corner. So I slammed on the brakes, and... And uh, I was like, man, we got to fix this. So I climbed out with a couple bolts thinking that I was just going to slam some bolts to the steering rack. And uh, I got climbed under there. And the mount that the steering rack bolts to, it's like a plate that goes between the the differential and it mounts to the differential itself. You're probably familiar how the Turbo S differential and and steering rack mount in there. Well, that plate actually came dislodged and uh, broke off of that mount. So I had absolutely zero steering. So every time I turned the steering wheel, it just moved the rack, you know, in and out, but it never turned the tires. So I tried to get creative really quick. I, I went to the back of the car and I didn't have any ratchet straps. So I took the, uh, the ratchet strap off my spare tire and actually found an effective way to reach in there through my grill and, uh, grab onto the steering rack. And I winched or I, I ratchet strapped it to my bumper. I pulled it as hard as I could forward to the bumper. And, uh, it actually allowed me to get the steering back a little bit, um, enough to, to nurse that thing back to the finish line and uh it was quite sketchy i had a ton of play but i was still able to steer 
And, uh, you know, it's it quite frustrating because I knew I had everybody on time at that point, And uh, I lost it at that point as far as timing went. Um, so when we crossed the finish line, you know, we were getting we were getting told third place, um, which was still an accomplishment considering what we just dealt with. And it wasn't until halfway uh, to, to uh, halfway to Takate on uh, on Saturday or on Sunday that I got started getting texts when the unofficial results came out that, you know, there was quite a few uh, penalties applied, uh, VCPs, you know, speeding penalties. And there was actually a, a point on the beach where I actually turned around and uh, went and got a VCP because we'd missed it. So I turned around on the beach section and, and actually went back to make sure we hit it because I knew how important that was. And, you know, that could be the difference between winning a race and losing a race right there. So I've never done like sure. a desert race like I was telling you guys when we were pre-running. Right. But like it seems to me like it's I don't want to say it's pretty simple because I've never been in the seat in the seats to be in the desert race. But mm -hmm. why can't people just follow the rules? Adrenaline takes over a lot of the time, and you so, know there's a lot going on. You see tire marks going other directions, yeah. and your eyes see different things than what's really going on. And your navigator's usually staring at the GPS, and they're not looking. You know they they put the, the VCPs in a, a forest of the furthest corner of a turn. And your eyes as a driver or a navigator may look up and see those those corners that have been cut. You may miss that VCP by 10 feet, and it, it's tricky. I mean, especially yeah. down there on the coast section. I mean, you really have to pay attention. And, uh, you know, I was pretty adamant about my uh, navigator letting me know where the VCPs were in every corner in case, um, and, and, you know, paying attention to the Stella because it lets you know if you hit them or not. Yeah, it uh, beeps on you and does the whole thing. Hey, so I know exactly. you were. I know you were pretty busy today. Did you actually look at the overall results yet? Uh, you know, I did take a look at the the overall results, and it was quite surprised seeing where we landed, especially with the the adversity we had towards the end of the race. Could you imagine if you had a perfect race? But still, like, kudos to you, dude. Like we were talking about at the beginning of the show, you beat all the ten cars, and you still had some. I'm not. I don't know if they had adversity, but you you had adversity as well. Yeah, you know, I I forgot to mention that we were we were caught up in a couple. Uh, um, log jams there that we had to find effective ways around. Um, we were, I had to put that thing in four low and I, uh, I went around a couple of these ones that, you know, it just, I was going up mountains and going around them and I was just making sure we didn't go around any VCPs. Um, but you know, that's where an advantage that we, we really have over the 10 cars there in that situation. You know, I'm not saying that we're faster than the VC or than the 10 cars. I raced against them at King of the Hammers in a more open desert environment. And, they're fast. I mean, they got bigger tires, more suspension. Um, I'm assuming their power to weight ratio is quite similar. I don't know exact numbers. Um, and the top 10 guys at that race, I had nothing for them. I'll be honest. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell them that we are faster than them at that race. There, there's no doubt. Um, we just did Silver State 300, and I'm pretty sure we beat them all there. I got third at Silver State 300, and I still think I got all the 10 cars even finishing in third there. Now, I think it's kind of based on the track. I mean, this track was, yeah. or this course was a little bit more suited for our style of car with the all wheel drive that we have. Um, and you know, I was able, I could basically pull into a silt field, stop and then take off again where any of the other buggies or trucks have a tough time doing that. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Hey, so we're going to switch it up a little bit. Lindsay, have you seen any of the comments coming through? Um, 
There was like 1,500 comments that said Brandon is so good looking. And then Richard Jeffries was, yeah, he's like so hot right now. <laughs> hey, so if you got any, uh, if you're single or you need any help, just uh, hit up the comments, dude. Yeah, Seth Quintero. <laughs> Seth Quintero is definitely. <laughs> he's to play, yeah, he's fuel, got his add, eyes on you, man. Adding fuel to the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, and then to steal some of his women. A second comment come in that Michael Fernandez said, uh, Brandon's co-driver had a good time at Paris. I don't know what that is. What's Paris? Oh, no. I don't know. I blacked out way before. (laughs) Good man. Good man. You're welcome to comment on any of that, but I'm going to plead the fifth. (laughs) Oh, man, that's awesome. Well, we appreciate you you giving us the inside scoop on your victory victory night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm stoked for you, Brandon, because, I mean – the last time I saw you was right at the finish or the start when we were all like lining up, you know, and I looked yep. over and you guys said, we're going for number one. I'm like, get it boys. <laughs> and that, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain times when I feel like everything's going really well. I, the car was, you know, the, the car worked out prepped well. And, and, you know, I, you just, sometimes you go into a race and it feels really good. It's done that for me a few times at the mint um, where I've gone to it. And I just feel like, man, I feel like we're going to win this one, you know? And, this was kind of one of those instances where I felt really good going into this race. The car was more prepped than it's probably ever been. Um, and, you know, everything just felt really good on the car. There was no other issues with the car other than, you know, I beat the car through most of the race and, and it took its toll on that that uh, that mount. But that's something I'll be addressing and it'll be fixed before the next race. And, and I won't have to worry about that again. So I'm super pumped that, uh, you know, we didn't even have to get out to change a belt, uh, not a tire. Um, we didn't have to get out of the car until that one issue there at the end. That's awesome. So you guys actually, you know how to use the P tubes then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We nice. had an effective P tube. <laughs> you know, at this point in life, and how many times we've raced it, it just comes out no problem nowadays. Right. That that's cool, man. So if you had to pick one thing, I asked James this question at the beginning of the show. If you had to pick one thing that was the most fun, other than the race, what would it have been? The most fun other than the race, um, man, we didn't really have a lot of time down there before the race. It was all work for us. Uh, I know a lot of these teams got to go down there and, and spend a bunch of time, you know, and they get to enjoy a lot of it, you know, and we go down so late, um, that it turns into pure work, but you know, I, I tell my guys, you know, I don't want this to be a, a work trip, you know, so let's do something, you know, let's make this an effective trip, but still have a good time doing it. You know, I don't want to be, a boss down there and and I I enjoy my friends being down there with me and, and uh, not making it, you know, a drag on them. So, I mean, we went to Papa's as soon as we got there and had a couple beers and and just kind of enjoyed it. You know, our, our travel time down there, that was the most relaxing time we probably had was, was that first day that we got there a little early, you know, and we just went over to Papa's and kind of hung out and had, had a team meeting and and just kind of enjoyed it. Kind of uh, relaxed. Uh, Other than that, it was all, you know, straightforward work. All business to win that race, man. It is no it is no small feat for any team. It doesn't matter yeah. whether you're in a class eleven car or a trophy truck or any of the ones in between to be able to manage to win an event like that. And um, I told these guys uh, and people in our audience, that was the first time that I got to go down to Baja to uh, participate in a desert race. I've gone down for short course and other stuff, but um, for me to actually see the logistical portion of it, the camaraderie portion of it, the 
um, team effort. Like I, I, I was so amazed by the direction and the positions that everybody kind of fell into that they're good at. It's phenomenal, dude. Like you got to appreciate every single hand that's in the team. Yeah, you do. Without your team, you've got nothing, you know, and, and exactly what you said, my team all kind of figured out what they were good at and they, uh, they just did it. You know, I didn't have to ask them much. They kind of just knew the task at hand. And, and the nice thing is, is they want to go down there and be a part of a winning team as well, you know, and, and that really makes a big difference. You know, when, when you've got a team that's doing really well, your whole team has the adrenaline going and they sure do enjoy just being down there. And, and it makes a big difference when you've got that. It really does, man. And how many people did you have chasing? Because that was another thing that I was uh, uh, pretty amazed by, actually. You know, how many people cross over that crossover and how many people are actually running around finding the vehicle? So my program's always pretty limited. I've only got, you know, so much money. I wasn't born into money. And everything we've done is has been something that's been done basically through my race program. So um, I had two trucks. Uh, one of my buddies has a truck uh, almost identical to mine. So he let us use it or utilize it. He was there with us. I had a total of eight or I had a total of, uh, what I have, uh, nine crew members. It sounds so, pretty similar to what we had. Yeah. yeah. I had two, two trucks, um, that chased the entire race. And I want to stay nine crew members. And then the two people in the car the entire time. Um, so a total of 11 of us and, uh, I just had them, we know you, we kind of sat down the, the couple nights before and figured out where we wanted to pit, just looked at Google earth and where, you know, where the course lined up with, uh, what would, what would work for us. I didn't go down and pre-run where we wanted to pit at. Um, Oh, one of my guys is telling me seven in the crew, nine total. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Seven plus so you and Scott. We had, we had seven in our crew. Um, so, you know, and that's how we've always done it. Um, we've done it. I usually do Vegas Serena with one chase truck. Um, it's it's just the way that we've always done it. You know, I've had too many hands in there before and it actually turns into a cluster and it actually seems to be less effective. So it seems like uh, we do a little bit better with the perfect amount of the right crew. That is actually a pretty good point to bring up, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't need you got to trim the fat. You don't need any excess stuff as if you if you will. But uh uh, man, I was just so amazed. Lindsay Geiser, thanks for uh, giving us a notice. Her phone died, so she's going to call back in just a little bit here. But um, we talked about a bunch of different stuff when we were out there. And again, for me, this is like a not even a refresher course. It's like a beginner course, right? Because I don't understand how this stuff works as much as you guys do. Um, but I got a, an understanding of how trophy trucks operate down there. I got an understanding of how Class 11 operates. And again, everything in between. And to me, it didn't really make that much of a of a difference. I mean, there's more money in bigger teams, right? But there's everything is almost the same in between. Just people pick what they want to do and how they want to do it a little different. Yeah, yeah. I definitely I have guys that enjoy being the fueling guys, and that's like that that's their thing. I have guys that like to be you know in charge of the truck, uh, kind of like a truck captain, um, and they're good at it. Um, so, you know, it kind of just everything falls into place. The, everybody kind of knows what they're good at. Some guys are better at speaking on the radio and communicating to me uh, what's going on, where we're at than others. And it, everybody just kind of does it. There's no, We don't really have arguments. Uh, nobody feels left out. Uh, it, it just works. That's perfect. Did you have any fun times that were down there, like during the race when uh, talking shit on the radio or like anybody uh, messing around with you? You know, we... we <laughs> we only have radio communication for such a little amount of time. Um, we try to get all the business part figured out and, 
me and Skyler talk a lot throughout the race. Um, he tries to, I try to talk to him just as friends and he starts getting mad because he's trying to communicate to me, uh, where we're going and what's going on. So, you know, sometimes it's nice to let him know I'm still there and, you know, it's, I don't want him just sitting there talking to himself the whole time. So, um, <laughs> Every once in a while, I, I go through. I got sent some videos of our, of our pit stops, and it's kind of funny. I'll start posting some stuff this week. Um, I didn't have a lot of service down there, and, you know, we were busy the entire time, so I didn't get to take a lot of, uh, uh, you know, po- or pre-race kind of uh, pictures or, or what was going on. So I'm going to try to knock some stuff out this week and, and see if we can't uh, post some funny stuff. Um, it's kind of funny. I was listening to a couple of the videos that they did of the uh, – the pit stops and stuff that and it's kind of funny to listen what's going on so it's kind of i'll share that with everybody so they can kind of see what happens at a pit and and uh you know, yeah because you don't even get to see that so it's like new to you too <laughs> yeah exactly i have never never know what's going on so you know i don't know you know i i'm just sitting in the car listening to what's going on and i just hear when they say go i go you know <laughs> is that uh subi mike was yeah, that what he said was that comment to you it says uh thanks james did you see the tree it's cool what tree i have no idea what that means wait <laughs> is that a, like an inside joke i don't know Maybe he's talking- mike, he well he had the the truck right they chased us they went out to like ohos and then waited for ryan to come back through which ended up being a early morning sunday but uh my my ac in my truck wasn't working well and it hasn't been. I honestly was irritated about the whole thing. So he found a cabin filter and took it out, which I, I'm a UTV guy, dude. I don't work on trucks, you know, and, uh, man, the AC is cranking now. So thanks, nice. Mike. Well, Subi, Mike, I don't know if you have an inside I don't know joke, what the tree is. but maybe tree? that's an inside joke that he's talking about what, uh, Brandon has with his crew. Um, uh, oh, it's Erica. <laughs> Erica's <laughs> telling you that. Man, uh, it's pretty cool that uh, so many things come full circle, right? Like, we always talk about camaraderie on the show, and uh, Erica was able to hang out with us a little bit while we were down there. It's neat to see her expertise for a guy like me. Obviously, James already knows it, and to see it affect uh, you guys in a positive way is pretty rad, too. And uh, what's her company name, James? Uh, it's Waypoint Nav. Yeah. So, uh, and Erica was telling me that she's got some pretty awesome stuff uh, coming up for the navigation, like classes and different awesome things. So, if anybody uh, wants to check that out, they should definitely check it out because you can be a winner like Brandon if you know where you're going. Yeah. That's, that's right. I agree. Yeah. I'm stoked that you guys are doing that too. Yeah. No, Skyler actually is one that hit me up about it. He was the one that he talks to Erica quite a bit and she helps him a lot, which really makes our program, uh, you know, effective and and Skyler's like hey uh, Erica's got this class going on and I'm interested in doing it and if somebody's interested in in learning more I'm all about it you know I it can't hurt our program one bit and I know for sure that we've gotten faster since we've sent since I've sent him to uh, Erica's school and, and she really helps us out you know if we have an issue um, during race day pre-race you know she's she's right on it her and Skyler get along really well and she's always helping us anytime we need it which really helps Hey, yeah. so I think one of the main questions is, because we were all, like, passing out at, uh, on the way home yesterday. Are you pretty tired this this morning or today? Yeah, you know, I drove home after we finished. I drove home all day yesterday, and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty tired today. I woke up. My hands are a little sore from holding on to that steering wheel, um, but, uh, you know, it, it makes it sure worth it. Uh, when you uh when you come home with a good finishing position you'll have to take a picture of the trophy or the uh the medal uh, this one uh is one that james got Yours yeah is the- we managed to make it in time yeah just just a few hours short but 
barely got in there, so that was cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Hey, so another statistic that I wanted to say, first of all, again, congratulations on yours, but um, when we were looking through the results, actually I had somebody direct message us as well. It looks like overall in the classes that only about, I think he said 40% of the actual vehicles finished the race. And so, like, I looked at some of the... Uh, and overall entries? Yeah, out of everybody. Wow. Like, it just it just so happened that only that many people finished. And it was crazy to see, too. Um, these guys actually got, uh, Ryan Edwards and James Hill, they got uh, a fourth place. Um, and there was 12 drivers, something like that. Um, you thought it was further back. I don't know what it was, maybe 15 drivers or whatever. Um, but you you could have gotten up there higher. But everybody behind you couldn't cross the finish line in time. I'm sure there's guys that cross the finish, but that's just insane to see that 75% of those drivers didn't make it. Yeah. I, it was a, I think it was a rough course. I mean, like I said, we were just trying to cruise. So It was pretty. It was, it was a brutal course. I'll give it to you. That whole crossover was pretty brutal. Um, that and the start and the finish line were quite brutal. Um, the most enjoyable part was... Uh, I really enjoyed the coastline. It was fast and fun. We got Jeff Proctor on with us, too. He was driving a 7200 truck. So we can let you go, Brandon. And uh, we really appreciate it, man. It was super cool to see you actually go out there and do so well, except, especially with a, a minimal amount of time on the track, dude. You kicked some serious ass this weekend. Yeah, way to go. Kind of how our whole program's always been. We don't have a lot of time on the course, but we do, we make do with what we've got. And, and uh, sometimes I'm a little faster when I don't know what the course looks like. <laughs> you don't know where That's to go. <laughs> I, you know, you're not checking up for everything. You know, I, I know that when we start making notes, I check up a lot more because it's it's safer. But definitely when you don't have notes and you don't know where you're going, you, you definitely are, are running a faster pace because you don't know. There's nothing to be scared of if you don't know what's there. Hey, Dusty Summit just commented in. We'll let you go, but he said uh, the grudge match is back on with the Class 10s since you beat them all. So. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to find a little bit different course then out there in Johnson Valley. They've got me there. I, I got nothing for them in, in Johnson Valley. Uh, well, a couple more years. Hey, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to hit you up in uh, the next uh, month or so and see if we could uh, a little bit later on this year that we could get you on the show and have you as our featured guest, if that's cool with you. Definitely. Let's get something going. Thanks, homie. Have a great one. Thanks, guys. Great job, Jeff. Thanks, Brandon. So, you too, James. Thanks, Later, man. Guys. Thank you very much, Jeff, for calling in. We know you're a busy guy having uh, – I think you're at a surf trip with uh, you with your son, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually going at the beach, a little father-son uh, surf trip with a couple of his friends. And, uh, yeah, just a little time off before we get back to the grind in the office. Dude, well, that's super cool. So um, congratulations on your win down there on the Baja 500. It was uh, amazing to see you guys complete. Uh, I don't know, man. It looked like you guys were hauling haul the mail when we got to see you guys cruise by. You know, I have to say that that was probably one of the most challenging technical Baja 500 courses that I've ever raced. I mean, it was like the guys who designed the course found every silt bed imaginable with minimal crossing and put a VCP in every single one out there. And, uh, man, it was tough. We, we knew it was going to be tough after we pre-ran and, you know, Evan uh, Weller, my navigator, and he's also a prep mechanic. Gosh, man, we, we spent a lot of time pre-running, and we knew it was going to be tough, and I think our, our pre-run notes really paid off. 
Oh, hey, we let's switch up, switch it up real quick because we got a great comment that just came in. Dusty Summit says, "Proctor, can you explain to everyone why the Ridge Line is the ultimate overlanding vehicle? Prove to the Toyota haters wrong." Yeah. So I, I think when it comes down to Ridgeline, you know, everyone in our industry is, you know, they're, they're hardcore truck enthusiasts. And, and we, we definitely get that. Um, but the Japanese really know how to build a vehicle, specifically Honda, that appeals to the mass market. If you look at the majority of the way people uh, use their truck, the majority of them don't use them like off-road racers and like a Raptor down in Baja. They use it as a convenience tool to go to Home Depot to get pots and pans and pick up their flowers for their garden, you know, on the weekends. That's what the average person uses the truck for. Um, so going back to appealing to the masses, you know, Honda built an, an independent suspension, four-wheel suspension truck. It doesn't have a solid rear axle, but the utility of it is is just as effective as, let's say, a Toyota Tacoma, et cetera. I mean, if you look at the towing capacity of it, it still tows 6,500 pounds. Um, so what what can a, a stock Ridgeline do that your average uh, Toyota Tacoma can't do is the question, um, just because it doesn't have a solid rear axle. So, you know, and, and dollar for dollar, uh, resale value, uh, overall cost of ownership, the, you know, the Ridgeline is, is right there. So, you know, obviously I'm a huge Ridgeline fan and I, I race for the Ridgeline. I've been an ambassador of the Ridgeline for a long time. So it's a little bit of a biased opinion, but I mean, go check it out. It's an incredible truck. Uh, this new one that they just made a bunch of changes to is even better. And, uh, you know, I don't think it'll let anybody down for what, you know, your average truck buyer is going to use the truck for. He's super cool, man. All right, well, let's get back to some racing. Dusty Summit, don't ask any questions about vehicles anymore. We only want to talk about Baja on the Baja 500 recap <laughs> show. Um, yeah, that's some boring stuff. <laughs> you can also check out anything that the Honda Factory Off-Road Racing guys do on Instagram and then uh, Proctor underscore race. You can check his out, too. Um, so we, always, we already asked the question to James Hill over here and to uh, Brandon Sims. What was your favorite part of being down in Baja minus the race? Oh man. Um, so I, I don't know if I want to disclose where we stay, but I, I'm going to. So we, we rent a bunch of houses on the beach and it's, it's just kind of Zen for us. We try to get out of the city and, uh, you know, we try to just focus on our race and focus on us as a team and get away from, uh, the city life in Ensenada. And so my, my favorite part is, is being down there, uh, on the beach. It's, it's beautiful down there. And, uh, I'd say, close second to that is just being a part of the the culture love the people we we've made so many mexican friends down there that we see every time that we go down there and we we break bread with them and you know they they help us with things um you know just the other day i, I came back from my pre-run late on on friday and i had some some cramping in my my neck and my shoulders and it wasn't something i wanted to go into the race with and i was like hey do you got a massage therapist in the area yeah you know call this lady and she within an hour she met me somewhere and i got a massage before the the race started and it, it's just little things like that i just love the people how caring they are and you know uh, they're just really good to us and they love the sport yeah, it is super cool to see. And uh, Dusty Summit, actually, since uh, we want to talk about Baja, I know that he does. Do you know who he is, Jeff? 
You know, I'm pretty sure I know who Dusty Summit is. Yeah, yeah so he uh, he does some really, really cool stuff, video and content stuff. So kudos to you, Dusty. So thanks for commenting in and hanging out with us. Um, what was one of the questions? He said smack down like the hand of God. Yeah, so I had to give him a little bit of love, right? Because I don't want him to think I was an asshole. <laughs> um, but no, Dusty does actually a really good job. I actually liked one of his pictures on Instagram because it was something that uh, we actually talked about on the way down when we were t- doing it with all the boys. So uh, um, okay. One of the things that I, that I also asked as well um, before was UTVs have come so far, like so far, it's insane, right? And Brandon Sims was able to beat all the 10 cars. And to me, that was something phenomenal to see being that my, was my first time down there with the Baja 500 uh, race live. I didn't even think that was possible by the speed that I saw some of these class 10 cars going. But overall, he beat the first 10 car by eight minutes. And you had some UTVs down there, the Honda Talons, that also did very, very well. I mean, are you seeing the same escalation in the UTVs? Yeah, I mean, the, the progression of the UTVs is is absolutely incredible. You know, just kind of being at the at the forefront of it with developing these Talons, you know, as they were new to market. It's, it's really incredible. I, I will say, though, uh, George um, and James, that um, that core, that Baja 500 course really favored an all-wheel drive. It was it was technical. Agree. Um, you know, it had a ton of silt. And so nothing against 10-car guys. There's a lot of talent in the 10-car class. There's a lot of fast guys in the 10-car class. But, I mean, when you have an all, when you have all-wheel drive UTV in that sale and some of those hill climbs and how technical it was, I mean, there's, there's nothing better that you can be in. I, I, I even pre-ran in the talent, and I looked over at Evan. I was like, this thing's a game-changer up in these technical courses. Um, you know, maybe UTVs aren't necessarily the best for, you know, 60-mile whoop sections or 50-mile whoop sections through San Felipe, but you you get in the Titan technical and a UTV will pull on pretty much anything out there. It's cool. Like I yeah. just I just always see so many things like on social media that people are hating on UTVs so much, but it's like the proof is in the pudding, man. You can't deny the progression of the sport, the growth of the sport. It's all coming from UTVs. We're, I mean, let's stop and think. Where where do you think the Mason brothers, and don't quote me on this because I don't know this fact, but I'm going to guesstimate here. Where do you think the Mason brothers got their idea to develop their all-wheel drive trophy truck? <laughs> sure. I mean, it's, it's coming from the UTVs, how, how progressive they are and, and how fast they've become in 10 short years. So, you know, it's, it's an incredible industry, and it, I love to see the growth of it, and it really is uh, exciting to see it. Yeah, 100%. And to go along with what your statement was, like, James will agree with me on this because he's got a broken UTV back here, but uh, it's almost <laughs> impo- it's virtually impossible, right, to go through those races without an issue. And, like, Brandon even, he's the winner. And he had yeah. an issue where he had a steering rack problem or a, a steering rack mount problem. And that's solid. And that's that was solid. Like his rack was coming apart, or the you know the mount for the rack the was mount. coming apart. And to be to to be a quick thinker too, like that's that's been the story through years. I mean, Jeff's probably been there. People that win all the time are probably doing the same thing. Holy crap! I'm not going to win now. How can I fix this now? Yep. And that's so rad. It makes those trips. 
Yeah, the sport of off-road racing is is really a, a sport of never give up. I mean, it's it's not a support it's it's not a sport for quitters, that's for sure. And I can't tell how many times I've been down with some sort of a, an issue, mechanical or not, and we've come back and come from behind and win. These these races aren't short. I mean, it took us twelve hours to finish. Um, so there's, there's plenty of time to come back from a, from a, a little bit of an issue. I mean, let's talk about Rhino. I mean, Rhino came, came, got in the car, got a, was a little bit hot and, you know. Yeah. So James nicknamed him hot shoes. <laughs> I, I, he, he, he was, was. pre getting in the car too. I could just see he was so amped up. Hey, so we can talk as much crap as we want, but he's gonna he's got the last laugh because he's on at the last part of the show, so we won't be able to rebuttal, okay? <laughs> That's fine. I, I already per I'm, I'm I already personally gave him crap in a text message today, so I'm feeling comfortable, you know, outing him a little bit for for getting in at the driver's change and taking off a little hot and kind of tipping the car over. But I mean it's just a, a testament to what we do in off road, right? We yeah. He, he came right back to the pit. You started tearing down your, your pre-runner. You put the front arms on, and you guys were back in the race and at the finish line. Yep. I mean, how many people in other sports would just give up at that point? So, yeah, and it goes back to what I, I was I just saying. sport. Dude, 100%. I, I was so happy. Like I had a smile on my face going down there because I didn't know what to expect, and obviously tacos. But when I had a bigger smile on my face coming back, and I was tired as hell. Like I couldn't even keep my eyes open, but I was yeah. smiling ear to ear. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was kind of cool to see that, too. And we were just talking about it. Uh, these guys in their UTV came home fourth in class. And nice. ha had they not... Good job, James. Thank you. It's pretty cool. And had they not fixed the adversity that they had and fixed those issues and spent all the time repairing the car, they would have been way further down because everybody else wasn't able to fix their cars. Yeah, you know, I always say if you don't finish in Baja, it's a really long border way getting across the border. So you you got to get to the finish line to make that border weight worth it. Yeah, how much yeah. did that uh, – were you tipping your hat to being able to cross the finish line? Well, I mean, I was stoked, you know, because that's what happens. I mean, you'll be having a good race, and then, boom, something goes wrong. How do we, how do we get to the finish? What do we got to do? For sure. You know, and that's sure. that's a lot of the stories. Hey, so let's talk about some of the stuff that pays the bills. How did the guys do in the Talons? You know, Talons actually had a great race. You know, let's start with the bad stuff first. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, uh, Elias had some some gremlins with his with his talent. Um, I'll, I'll own that as a team owner. Um, it was unacceptable. It shouldn't happen. Um, and he had those pretty early on in the race, but he had a never never give up attitude. And uh you know, he he uh, he fought through those issues. Our team helped him get back on the road, and you know, he got to the finish line after being behind the uh, the uh, the wheel for 18 hours, I think. Oh shoot! This is a, a Honda PR guy on on the show right now telling me I'm not wearing a Honda hat. So. <laughs> said, but uh, hey, t on in Jeff's defense, Chuck, he did uh, <laughs> agree to do this last minute because uh, I didn't give him enough time to do it. So he's out with his son on a surf trip. So we just appreciate <laughs> Jeff coming on and be a good being a good Honda representative. I always have a Honda hat with me. It just uh, didn't work out this time. So I guess this is the first time for everything. And Chuck calls me out on it. Hey, that's um, good though. Now but, you have something know, to talk about next time. <laughs> but, but as far as, um, you know, Zach, he, he really had a flawless race. Um, you know, pre-running, uh, you know, worked in his favor as well. I'll share a little team tactics with you guys. Um, 
uh, I'm trying to think if I should, yeah, I'll share this with you. It will be full disclosure. Um, so going first in the ridgeline through all that stuff, we have SATCOM systems in our in our trucks and in our side-by-sides. And so once we see the bottleneck and we see where the issues are out there that we kind of knew from pre-running, but you never really know until you get to the race, Evan was radioing back to the talents, giving them insight as to where to go and how to get around the bottleneck um, once we found it and we got through those bottlenecks. So, you know, we had some serious team tactics going on. I'm not afraid to admit that, but we were radioing it back and it, it really helped Zach and, and Elias get through some of those sections uh, unscathed. And we were able to make a pass on Kristen um, because of that and uh, put some time on the field. Uh, so Zach, you know, Zach led for most of the race. And uh, unfortunately we had a rear wishbone that, that uh, failed um, from the sway bar link and uh, we'll get that fixed. But he came into the pit. We were down for about 20 minutes and that 20 minutes really cost us the race. But, you know, we were reviewing data um, this morning and I was talking to Zach via text message and um, he pulled up the, um, the drive time of, Caden Wells, Kristen Matlock, and himself, the three, the three people that were battling for that win and, and pro and a, and, uh, you know, the talent, his moving speed, his moving average was 35 miles an hour, 35.4 miles good, an hour right? over the course of the race compared to, um, uh, Caden Wells was at like 33.4 and Kristen was at 32. So, you look at his moving time, he definitely had the speed to win. And that's encouraging to us as a team owner and, and looking at the talents, you know, we just got to do a better job of keeping that, that, that talent uh, together. And if you didn't have that downtime in the. Crap. Definitely won that race. So we're encouraged by that. We're going to continue making our parts stronger and, uh, you know, again, we're only a year and a half into developing this talent, and I think there's a lot more progression for it uh, as far as racing goes. But uh, that was encouraging for us to see that his moving speed was was competitive to win that class. Plus, all about the data, man. Uh, yeah, that is super cool. And uh, I know that you actually weren't the only one that was radioing back to help other uh, drivers in their right. team and stuff like that, too. So, um, it, But I do appreciate you sharing that stuff. Um, Christian Serapis commented in and said that, uh, you were messing with him out there on course too. <laughs> so, so, so Christian was on the side of the road in a speed zone. And when we went by, I took both hands off the wheel to give him like the, the finger pistols. Yeah. <laughs> there was a crown in the road and the truck veered to the right. And it looked like I was trying to hit him. Nice. Oh, how funny is that? <laughs> Hey, you gotta. Uh, when you're down in Mexico, you told me when you're down in Mexico, you gotta drive like the Mexicans, dude. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> live local. It, it it's a 37 mile an hour speed zone. It's quite boring on the highway when you're transitioning <laughs> from race course. So. Hey, so you shouldn't have you told know, the we were, truth. You should have just said, "Yeah, we were messing with Christian." <laughs> you know, I think that's the best part about your show, George. Is we just kind of we're transparent. We want people to know what's going on behind the scenes. It is really cool though because we can have uh, fire or campfire talk or pit talk because yeah. really it is like the awesomeness of the the whole week, the weekend, the event. Like every single person out there, as much as they want to win, not everybody can win. Everybody has to be out there and participate to win, and every single person has a smile on their face. 
Yeah, you know, we always say Baja is a magical place, and it really is, and it's it's really the best place for our sport to go racing right now. No no disrespect to Best on Desert or Legacy or any of those other guys up in the States. But, it's way, you know, the vibe is way different. Yeah, Baja is magical. The people just love the sport. You know, I don't know how true this is, but I've, I've heard that the, the people of Baja like off-road racing more than they like football. So... Um, you know, the people just come out in droves and really love the sport. And, and again, we, we love to put on a good show for them. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, so like I said, was uh, asked you before, what was your favorite part outside of the race? Did you have a favorite part uh, part on course? <sighs> you know, I like I like those fast sections along the beach through Arendera, um or Arendia and uh you know, just just north of maybe Vicente Guerrero when we popped out onto the highway out of the wash. Uh, love those high-speed sections. There's always a lot of fans through there. You got to be careful. But uh, I like when it gets when I get to leg it a little bit and really use that that Honda uh, HPD uh, engine horsepower. Um, I've never been a – I mean, I don't mind the technical parts, but I've never been kind of the slow and crawl up in the mountains kind of a driver. I like to – I like to leg it like most drivers. I feel like that he just answered the way you're going to answer. Can you answer the same question, James? Well, I didn't get much of that. Uh, Ryan got that good. Section. Okay, what was the best part of your first half? Um, because I got to experience a lot of that part. I, honestly, the, my favorite portion was was starting, getting all the the excitement through my system, and really just feeling the payoff. Yeah. You know, because the whole week kind of led up to, even though we were playing around and having fun on the gram, we were also, you know, once we were done pre-running and acting like idiots, we were taking it serious, kind of going over the car, making sure things were right every night, each and every night. And uh, so, yeah, just that initial, you know, hour in the car felt so good to me. Yeah, because it's probably like a breath of fresh air, right? It is. Just knowing and getting through that start section because you're also seeing guys that just threw away the race yeah, in the right first over. six miles. Yeah. And you're just going, dang, man, like you don't want to be that dude, but you also, you're excited yeah, and you're getting with it, you know? So is that what it feels like to I you think- too, Jeff? Like you can take a breath of fresh air after you get things going. Yeah. You know, I think that there's, there's, there's a little bit of, you know, anxiety at the start line, like, Hey, let's get this going. And there's a lot of hurry up and wait. I mean, you're at the start line two hours before right. you, know, you, you take the green flag and then it's like, okay, it's, you know, you're, you always go to the start line, you're confident in your equipment, you know, you're confident in your, your strategy, your, your, your homework and pre-running. Um, you just want the green flag to, to get started. But I like what James said. He's like, you know, you, you're kind of looking for that payoff. And the payoff for me is being able to get the truck in, in perfect working condition to my backup driver, Pat Daly, and uh, deliver, deliver the truck uh, the way that, I want it to be delivered to me. And so he can do his job. And I think the payoff is getting it to the next driver and saying, Hey, I did my job. Now it's your time to go do your job. Right. Yeah, totally. I can agree with that. Uh, Dirt Rider Designs commented in and said, what will it take to get involved with the team? I know that you actually have uh, a lot of suggestions when people have that question. Yeah. You know, I, I always look back to the way I got involved in off-road racing and honestly, I was, I was passionate about the sport. I wanted to learn more and I wanted to be educated. And so I just started volunteering at another, at a buddy's shop and started sleeping the floors and being around mechanics and engineers and fabricators and just trying to learn the sport and eventually work my way into the right seat of a, of a race car. And I threw up and I couldn't do it. And I said, I'm a driver. I'm not a navigator. And, you know, 
it's a short story, but I, I rode, I rode bikes for a long time too, but I guess my, you know, the way to get involved with team Honda is we're always looking for great people. Um, send me a DM, you know, let me know your experience and, uh, you know, the ball 1000s coming up. I'm going to need, you know, 80 crew members on the team, Whew. you know, 70 of them are going to be volunteers. So, um, if anybody's got experience, wants to be a part of a winning tradition with Honda and racing our three vehicles to La Paz this year, it's going to be about 1,200 miles. 11 James, if you guys miles. don't go, I'm in. I'm going with Jeff, dude. Yeah. Um, we are we are looking for volunteers that uh, understand Baja, understand the risks of Baja, and are are willing to go down there with us and uh, and help us to to victory. Yeah, that's super cool, man. And like I said, so. Dirt Rider Designs. Thank you for asking that question. That's actually a meaningful question because we get that all the time in our DMs as well. And there's so many people that are really passionate about racing and they have no idea how to get in. So thank you very much, Jeff. Uh, all right. Last question. The best question of the night. What was your favorite taco this weekend? Uh, or this week? It's, it's, it's hands down the queso taco, queso carne taco and valley tea. That was a good, good one. That was a, definitely a good one. Hands down. There is no other substitute. For Valley Tea Tacos. And everyone I take down there that's new, they always say Valley Tea was the best taco. Hey, have you had the uh, Tacos El Poblano down? In, where was it? In San Vicente or somewhere? It was somewhere coming back up from the uh, the loop down at the bottom. But that place was... No, just I'm, south I'm, of it's I'm always open to suggestions. Dude, yeah. We'll definitely... If I go down there for it with you guys for, uh, for a race, man, we'll definitely have to do it. Dusty Summit wants to tag along with you too, dude. Uh, hey. Let's do it, Dusty. So uh, go have some fun with your son, man. I appreciate you giving us the time. And again, congratulations on such an awesome race, man. You had a lot of stuff going on with multiple team members, multiple vehicles, and you still pulled it off for your own race. So kudos to you, bud. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It feels sweet to, to get another victory for Honda and all of our partners, KMC, Max's Tires. That was the other thing. Those Max's Tires are incredible. If anybody's looking for side-by-side -side tires, for sure check out the new Razor XTs. They're amazing. Uh, make sure you pair them with KMC Wheels. Uh, we can't say enough good things about uh, that partnership. And, uh, yeah, just grateful for uh, bringing home another victory. And uh, really, the kudos goes out to the team. I mean, this is a team sport. Uh, you drivers know that. And uh, you can't do it without a great navigator. You can't do it without all the great guys in the pits. And, uh, you know, really, the, the win goes to those guys. Those guys wait up all hours of the night. Most of the crew didn't get any sleep. Big time. Uh, just trying to get these race cars to the finish line. So... Uh, they're they're the real real heroes of the sport for sure. Uh, I couldn't agree more, man. Family, friends, it's what it's all about, dude. So, all right, thanks so much, dude. Get back to your son and uh, have some fun. We really appreciate you joining the Dirt Life Show. Yeah, thank you guys, and uh, have a good evening. We'll talk soon. See you later, Jeff. Take care. Uh, all right, you want to go to commercial break? I know you got to get home to the to the wifey too. Yep. All right, we're going to commercial break. You guys on Instagram, uh, you guys are just going to have to hang out because I don't know how to turn this thing off and I, still save it. So I got to split because if Ryan's coming on, I'm going to let him have his say. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Free All right. speech. You will say Instagram Live, just hang on for a little bit. We're going to commercial break on the live feed. Hello, I'm Justin, the founder of Shock Therapy.
Shock therapy has been around for five years, but we have personally been tuning suspension on off-road cars and race vehicles for over 25 years. We tune between 10 and 15 cars per day, every single day of the week. Our concentration is tuning shock systems and supplying components that improve the ride quality of your car in many ways. Not only do we work on the average UTV, but we also tune suspension for race teams and professional drivers. We currently tune for over 87 race teams in Beston Desert and SCORE. Our clients and race teams rely on our suspension components to allow them to win races and keep them safe. Suspension is a moving target. We are always trying to hit that target with every customer that we work with. Each customer's needs can be different and we tune our kits accordingly. Our research and development never stops. We improve our components every single day. As the industry evolves and improves, so do our parts and kits. As of right now, we have over 100 products for UTVs. So when you bring your car to us, you have the satisfaction of knowing that you have the most experience, the highest quality products, and the fact that your car is being tuned specifically to you. Zollinger Racing builds the best aftermarket products available, products for your UTV or snowmobile, including billet radius rods, billet tie rods, billet steering knuckles, billet steering racks, alternator kits, and much more. All manufactured in the United States in-house at their headquarters in Nibley, Utah. Travis Zollinger and his team test in some of the most brutal conditions, racing in places like the Best in the Desert Mint 400, Ultra 4 King of the Hammers, UTV World Championships, and many more. Visit ZollingerRacingProducts.com and use the code DIRTLIFE to get 10% off your next purchase and join us on social media at Zollinger Racing Products to see our products in action. Zollinger Racing, the best products, period. Finally, we got Lance from Solderweld in the studio. Oh, Thanks for coming down, bud. Hey, why don't we just record a commercial now? Yeah, why not? So good to be here, man. It's been a lot. I'm trying to get down here forever, uh, and I uh, wanted to talk about the off-road kit. Dude, I love those things. I got it in uh, my pack. Yeah, we're running uh, hundreds of uh, vehicles now running them, whether it's a UTV or some guy's got it in a backpack and was motocross. He's got uh, everything he needs to make a fix right there on the fly, out on the trail, uh, or in the desert, whatever it is. Well, since I've already used one, I kind of know what to use it for, but uh, explain what it does. All right, so let's pull one out real quick. You've got your aluminum rods. Remember, they're rods, right? So, uh, you know, light torch, small torch. You can uh, throw it in there or throw it on the rig with your flux. It decontaminates and cleans like, a, let's say, a radiator. You get a random rock chip runs through uh, as you're racing. You get a rock chip and a radiator. you got to fix it right there or you're yep. out of the race. So you can patch it up. Instead you can of patch it up. It's all good to go. Yep, just like welding. Yeah, also as well with that, you've got a brake line fix. So uh, with your flux, you can fix a uh, brake line, stainless steel, steel, and then uh, your hop lock, heat absorption putty. So it yep. keeps you from getting burned, number one, as well as keeps the heat from traveling. So uh, it's really, uh, really nice. I've used this not even to fix anything. So it's, that stuff works <laughs> it's, so good, man. Listen, it's easy. It's uh, It straps in nicely so that you uh, have everything you need in one little place and you don't have to carry a big bag in it's the It's like a uh, first truck. aid uh, kit for your vehicle. 
Yeah, Chase Trucks have it as well so that, uh, you know, if they need to make a fix on the fly, they can get it done and get it done quick and get you back in the race. Dude, those things are so cool. All right, so at SolderWeld on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, SolderWeld.com. Awesome. All right, thanks, bud. Appreciate it. All right, thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate James for uh, hanging out. He was super tired, just like uh, this guy is. But uh, we got uh, Ryan Edwards. We're going to talk with him in just a little bit here. Let him tell his part of the story about uh, how awesome the weekend was down there in Baja. You got a GoPro here just because it has to be a tighter angle for the uh, for the live feed. So um, it'll look a little bit weird right now. So let me actually change it real quick. Um, so, yeah, it was so fun down there at the races, man. I can't ju- I can't tell you guys how cool it is to see all that camaraderie like as enthusiasts as racers as I don't know off-roaders whatever you want to call our group of people man it is so cool to be able to see everybody enjoying themselves i'd mentioned with uh, jeff proctor that everybody had uh, a smile on their face the whole time it's really true it was really true and everybody that came down there's lots of people like me i just went down there to go do media stuff there's lots of people that really don't even have uh, a job per se in the team they just go down there and put their hand in when it's needed if they say hey go pick up some groceries hey you know can you go up there and just do a visual on pit seven wherever it is they do it just because they love it so much so it's really cool to see the camaraderie and to have everybody down there just fighting for wins and doing so much cool stuff Um, a few of the things that i wanted to talk about like after seeing that was um it really gave me a little bit more perspective on the show like on the show you guys are so into it like i love it i love seeing all the dms like sometimes it gets frustrating because i can't handle all of it just so much for one person to handle but we're growing and it's awesome to see that you guys are growing with us you guys are what really provides us um with so much i don't know just get up and go man it's super cool so keep doing that keep hanging out with us keep being a part of the show keep telling us what you guys like and what you don't like because it really makes a big difference to me i know our show is not like all the others we're not providing like race reports all the time and we're not talking about the same thing all the time but i really think it's cool because it's opening up uh, a different type of uh conversation you know we are more about the lifestyle and about off-road racing adventures and doing these things together as a, a family or friends and things like that so um if you guys don't want to see that tell me if you guys do want to see that, then definitely slide into our DMs and tell us as well. Um, I'm just really fortunate to be able to have the opportunity to get introduced and shake hands with so many fantastic people. Um, a year ago, a year and a half ago, I never thought we would ever be able to talk with this many cool people and have so many people come on the show and want to come on the show. So we're really happy with the way that things are going, and I appreciate it because you guys are the ones that make it so successful. So keep uh, keep talking about us. Keep you know hanging out with us. Um, oh, another thing that I want to talk about that I have on the list here is only 18 pro turbos finished out of the, uh, entire pro turbo field, which is pretty phenomenal that 18 vehicles finished that course in general, just because it was so gnarly, but, uh, man, it just, uh, kudos to Brandon Sims for being able to do it because that's a lot of people that were also taken out of the race too. So. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we got to show this to you guys, but check out the uh, the medal that James got. Ryan Edwards got one, too. They're pretty badass, man. They got a tequila bottle, so you guys should go over to our Instagram and check it out, too. We put some pictures of the tequila bottle up there as well. Um, so another number 
um, 18 plus hours for most of the teams. And some of them weren't able to even come back and uh, meet the time deadline. So it was pretty cool that uh, that a lot of people were able to do it. But man, can you imagine being out there on course for 18 hours and not just driving for 18 hours, working on your car, breaking stuff, whatever it was that you're facing adversity with. Uh, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, I already have a problem driving just in a street car you know, like four hours, five hours. So it's pretty cool that these guys are able to do so much stuff. It just puts a real understanding of uh, endurance off-road. It's just insane cool. And uh, I'm glad that I was able to be a part of it this weekend. It was really fun seeing everybody. The vibe in Mexico is like just another level. Like the they're so happy down there. And the amount of money that goes into the economy because of the race is pretty phenomenal because there's so many people that uh, go down there, spend money on tacos, uh, gasoline. I don't even know how to con- uh, calculate how much gasoline was sold uh, during that event because it's just phenomenal. Uh, Redhead Racing says, uh, I've always heard people see things. Uh, that's a no for me, LOL. What do you mean? I don't know. I don't understand what that comment means. So maybe you could tell me a little bit more. Um, and uh, yeah, clearly the tacos were insane. Um, there was so many good places to go. Um, I did pick my favorite, which was Tacos El Plano down, down there. Um, but <laughs> the last thing that I wanted to talk about before Ryan Edwards uh, calls in or whatever is uh, I'm so glad that I brought beat up shoes down there because there's zero way that you can keep a pair of shoes clean. They're always hammered by the time you're done. So um, I'm super glad that I brought a beat-up pair of shoes when I went down there. Uh, it looks like uh, I told him to call in uh, right now at 6.30, but he was supposed to call in at 6.40. So we'll see if he actually calls in. Uh, let me know if you guys uh, have ever been down to Baja or if you haven't been down to Baja. Uh, and adversely, if you've been down there for a race, if you've been down there, just enjoy it. Or if you've been down there for something different, maybe you went down there for uh, another event, like a wedding or something. Because, again, to me, it was phenomenal. I've heard so many people talk about how crazy um, Mexico is, but it's really not. It's just insane cool. Uh, Lindsay Geyser's com- uh, going to chime in with us here a little bit, too. So hopefully we can get Ryan Edwards on the line. I know he's really, really tired too so uh redhead racing like at night they see people that uh aren't really there oh yeah so you're talking about uh being uh racing at night uh maybe Lindsay could uh, expand on that a little bit too because i've never done some super core desert racing uh we had a comment come in Lindsay. thank you very much for joining us again that said uh um, people like when they're driving those long endurance races that uh sometimes they start seeing things that aren't really there like maybe a horizon or people at night like crazy stuff yeah we actually my brother and i raced vegas serino and we were the last we did the first quarter and then the like the last quarter um but we kept saying the same thing like we'd see people up in the mountains and and like weird and look at each other like was that really there but yeah and it's kind of like the guys were talking about earlier like you between your adrenaline and just being tired and um worn out like i feel like things just get all misconstrued out there but it gets crazy yeah, like you start like really doubting yourself. Uh, Matt Lesher says he's never been down to Mexico, but that needs to change soon. I agree 100%. Do you? 
Yeah, Mexico's a must. I I feel like I kind of reset every time I go there. Like, you get so involved in work and everything at home. And I feel like, just like you said, there's just a different vibe in Mexico. And it kind of helps me reset and, like, relax and just get back into the groove. So It really yes. does. It's kind of cool to be down there, though. And I was just talking about it when uh, James had to t- hit the road because he had to go um, home because, well, everybody's tired right you included <laughs> but um the vibe down there is so rad like it i, I never thought it was going to be like that yeah it's crazy and it's cool like and when it's not covid and like when we used to have um tech and contingency in town like it's insane they literally closed the entire town down and there would be kids there that said they got the day off of school to go to tech and then the next day to go to um the race and like it's a whole deal down there it's really cool yeah and everybody's so happy i mean even if they're not enjoying the race they're enjoying everybody being around like because it does so much for the economy like i was thinking about it when we were out there cruising like getting ready to go like to each individual pit stop or whatever it was how many gallons of gas got sold this weekend from all of the chase crews and race cars like that's just insane Mm mm-hmm Oh, yeah, they do. I think it definitely, like you said, it definitely helps out the economy. And uh, it just, I mean, they love it, too. That's cool. Even seeing, like, we were going to get burritos on the way out. We're like, well, we could probably get them here, 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 here. Because, you know, that all the moms are out there knowing that all the pit crews are going to be hungry. So they set up on the side of the road with their burritos. And it's cool. Yeah, and John Huppers actually said bring lots of stickers. Did you guys give out just mad stickers this weekend? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we always bring that. We were already planning for the thousand, making sure we have shirts and hats and stickers. And one time we brought frisbees and. Oh, really? Yeah, people love it. Dude, we gave out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stickers. I remember, like, I I didn't bring, like, a big box down to tech. And I was out of them by the time I, like, maybe an hour into it. And I was like, shit, like, I should have just brought everything. We ran out. We were handing out stickers from like three years ago from like a team that doesn't even race. It <laughs> were this is happy. So that is pretty cool. Hey, and then so one other thing I was going to ask you because like I don't I don't understand this because I've never done a long distance endurance race is kind of going on the same thing that you were talking about. Like you start seeing things. Mm-hmm. How look, maybe give me an understanding. Like if I was going to go out and do a race that took 18 hours, 20 hours, 40 hours, whatever it was like, what the heck does it do to your body? Cause I feel like you have to be an endurance athlete, like champion to be able to do that. No, honestly, I, the most I've done was I think 200 miles because I always split with another driver uh-huh. and after 200 miles, I was like beat and tired and you're just like, my arms were sore and obviously I'm not like, I don't work out, so I'm not, like, ready for that. So I think there's a lot of training that goes behind it. But, um, yeah, it's crazy. And, like, Kristen Matlock, who who Iron Woman's every year, and Iron Woman's the 1,000, and Sarah, who who uh, did the 1,000 by herself. Like, it's crazy the work, I think, that goes in before it. But by the end, you've got to just be smoked. I know. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, I don't even think that I could be able to last. Well, two hours I think I could do. But, like, going on the four or five-hour mark, I think I'd start being, like, pretty beat up. And these guys go way longer than that. Like, what was the – actually, 
Dan McMillan, I think, got first in the trophy truck class, right? They haven't announced it yet. Unless okay. they have been on here, but was it unofficial? Yeah, they had uh it's unofficial and then they were saying like the top five, it really could be any of them. Like it's, it's Oh wow. Like, okay. But so Luke and Andy um finished technically they were like two seconds apart from each other at the finish. Um, but then there were penalties and, and weird time things and so they haven't announced it yet. But Well, let me generalize my question a little bit more then. So for any of the top teams, maybe like the top five guys do they all do the race like a 500 miles solo or do they have people helping driver, other drivers and co-drivers? It depends. Most people, I think most people did the 500 by themselves. Um, I know a lot. I actually, I think all teams will probably split the thousand this year. Um, just because that's a long time and it's the long run. Um, but for the most part, I mean, all of our guys did the whole thing by themselves. Um, Justin Matney split his, but uh, Jack did it by himself. And I know all the top guy like Bryce and Andy and and uh, Luke and Dan and all those guys. They uh, they ran the 500 by themselves, which is still I don't know what the finishing time was, but that's a long time to to be in there. Yeah, 100 percent. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, man, that's still a crazy amount of time to be able to like last your whole body to be in a race. Uh, yeah. So for the thousand, I think it. What did your guys' team do? For the thousand? No, for this one. So you were down there with the RPM Geyser crew, right? Yeah. So what was some of the strategies that the that you guys had in place for drivers and co-drivers? Uh, so Jax did the whole thing by himself. He um, um he's pretty good. He's endurance. He went out and pre-ran like twenty five hundred miles and. Oh snap! Uh, yeah, he's definitely got it, but um. Hey, look who's joining us. So, hey, I know we're doing Instagram Live, but I still need to do a proper introduction for the Facebook and YouTube crew. So we got Ryan Edwards and Lindsay Geyser both on uh, on the horn here on Instagram Live. So thank you very much, Ryan, for joining. Happening. We really appreciate it. Uh, KMC, yeah. KMC IMG crew did pretty awesome this weekend, buddy. Yeah, I was just currently cleaning the Baja off of my truck, so... As you can see, I'm sweating my ass off. <laughs> Dang, that thing got used and abused this weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm on my third pressure pressure wash test, so. <laughs> Been working on it for like eight hours, probably. <laughs> yeah, no, I think my dad's still currently out there, and he's going to screw it up somehow. Uh, <laughs> John Huppers also said, uh, uh, hood's a lot more expensive than a sticker. Um, where did you pass it out? I don't know what that actually means. We lost a couple hoods this weekend. The hoods on the truck, <laughs> they fly off and people take them right away, put them in their garage. But that's like a ex- more expensive souvenir. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty gnarly. And well, yeah. what about a Polaris Razor hood? That would still be a good souvenir. Yeah. That one behind you would probably be pretty good since it's like <laughs> LaCroix painted. <laughs> that's funny. All right. So, hey, we asked um, everybody that's been on the show before you, Ryan, we asked them what their favorite part about Baja was outside of the race uh well i mean the taco tour we took probably was number one yep we didn't get to end it with Lindsay like we wanted to but mm. we got uh six hours of great contingency time together yeah, we did <laughs> uh other than that I, I think uh the moment we crossed that finish line uh, i was pretty uh pretty good feeling yeah after the day we went through What'd you say? 
What time did you end up finishing? Uh, six thirty in the morning. Yeah, so it's just yeah. just that nineteen hours, maybe a little bit more than that. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a great day, and I, I'm pumped we made it there. Fifteen miles before the finish, that thing let go on the uh, driver's side. I thought it broke an axle, so I just kept going. We showed uh, we showed <laughs> earlier on the show at the beginning of the show we showed the the carnage over there. So and James was talking about what it did to the car. Uh, Lindsay, I don't know if you were able to watch. I mean, because you were been so busy, but uh, on the podium, Ryan got pretty emotional. So we were just talking about Ryan, like how it fatigues your body to be in a car for that long. Like Lindsay was saying, like even after like a long time, like you can see people that aren't even don't even exist. Like horizons change. Like all kinds of crazy stuff happens. How did you feel after? the end of like, or towards the end of your race, because you were deprived of sleep. You were tired. You had just basically rebuilt the front of a car. Like so much stuff happened in that, I don't know, last eight to 18 hours of your life. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say, man, that last 60 miles, like I was pretty angry. (laughs) Um, my brother hated me. I, I, I think we yelled at each other no less than 10 times, but the moment we crossed that finish line, like it just all made sense. You know what I mean? Like everything before that, my mind was going every direction. I had was trying to think on anything else but the stupid bumps we were going through, the fog we were dealing with, like all that crap. And then the moment I crossed the finish line, like it just all went away and it was just like a happy moment to be there. Yeah, it was for sure. And another thing that I was going to say though, too, is like when you have those emotions and stuff, I've had them a million times because I've been wrecked my whole uh, life with all these different injuries and stuff, but I could see it in your face that you missed your family because your family wasn't there. Like it was pretty cool that you were able to throw them a shout out. And then afterwards you gave them a call. Like it's pretty emotional. I mean, even Lindsay started off this conversation or the show by saying she was so happy to be with her family the whole time. So you usually get to do that. And this time you weren't able to. Yeah, I mean, not having my wife and kid with me was probably the hardest week. But lucky for me, like my dad came down, my brother code drove for me. And it's just like the Geyser family. Like we do this because it's what we enjoy. This is our vacation, you know. So uh, not having them there at the finish kind of sucked. But at the same time, like thinking about Gunner and, you know, coming home to him is what just kept me motivated and in the car all the way to the end. There you go. Yeah. And we were talking with Jeff Proctor and he was talking about what motivates people. So that's one of the motivators for you. That's pretty cool, man. Uh, Manny boy says those last 60 were hell. Was it really that bad? Yeah. I can't even describe it. Like Lindsay's probably been through it a couple of times, but I mean, I rode a bike through it 10 plus years ago and it, it was nothing like that, but the car was, you know, beat to shit. Uh, the fog, like I couldn't even see two feet past the front end. Our Parker pumper went out. Like, and this was what, just, at four in the morning-ish? Yeah, so right when we left you guys at that 400, race mile 400 pit, uh, that next 60 miles after that, just, man, it was a true testament of like your wits and everything because uh, there wasn't a single smooth part to it let's just say that (laughs) and being that fatigued dude yeah like when i when i was thinking about it on the way home uh in fact actually when we were crossing the border i was thinking like holy hell how would i do being that fatigued like kudos to you for doing that man i I don't even know how you train for something like that like you just literally probably like you ride your bike for 100 plus miles and 
you would still get in that car and think, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Tristan said, go for Gunner. <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, so but for both of you, I want to ask you this question. Let's let Lindsay go first. What was the best part of coming home? Um, getting Luna, my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Taking her. She didn't want to leave the country club. Yeah. <laughs> probably would have to the border if I would have brought her. So Was she so amped to see you? She was. She was very excited, but almost more excited to see my dad because they're like. <laughs> so. Grandpa of the year right there. Yeah. Best buddies. All right, Ryan, what about you? Uh, I mean, obviously coming home to Gunner and Emily and seeing them. Gunner telling me about all the cool things he did during the week. So He's like, Dad, it doesn't matter that you race. Check out what I did. Yeah, no, it, screw the race car. He didn't get to see any of that. So he, it was all about riding bikes and his uh, Stasic. Oh, really? Was he just oh, motoring yeah. Stasic all the, all the uh, week? Yeah, he had both bikes in his room prepped and ready for me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's so funny. Uh, right on. Um, and we also asked Lindsay what her favorite tacos were. What were your favorite? Oh, we, we got the spot now. Well, uh, yeah, you said you guys stayed right by the trailer. That's like... Yeah, so the trailer, you know, is amazing. But we went to the El Poblano uh, right right there when you exit mm -hmm. the Bufadora cutoff. We're talking I think it beats El Trailero. It's, it's, a, it's a close tie. We've had yeah. those. Those are over by where we stay. So. Right. Well, but Lindsay's a big carny girl. So, like, if we got the Pastora ones, and that's what set it over the top. Do you get yeah. El Pastora or no? Lindsay, Me? I got carne there too. Oh, you, but oh, you, carne was good too. Yeah. yeah, the carne was pretty good. Um, all right, let's give a, a rating then. I gave it an eight point nine at Tacos El Poblano, and I'd probably go down to like because my levels like you got to understand that last level is saved for something that's going to blow my mind <laughs> in the future. So like an eight point nine is basically a ten. But yeah, um, I would probably give the the trailer probably I don't know maybe like a seven point eight. Did you ever eat it warm? Yeah. I went with your oh, dad. Yeah, we went that other day. Yeah. yeah. I bought him I bought him some the first day and they were like three hours old by the time you got to him. Not the same. Hey, <laughs> this dude had to work. I didn't get to enjoy it and go hang out with everybody. Uh I agree with I agree with Manny. Valley tea for the freaking carny. Yeah. The queso carny tacos are the best. Yeah, um, exactly. Dude, everybody keeps bringing up this Paris place. What the fuck is it? <laughs> we drove you by it. What is it? Uh, it's a oh, gentleman it's, club to be classy. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, because uh, my <laughs> Michael Fernandez said uh, Brandon's co-driver had a good time at Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, those are the stories you want to forget. Yeah, you don't want to talk about them. <laughs> yeah. Um, well. I, I really had a good time, man. And I said at the beginning of the show, I really appreciate the opportunity to go down there. You guys gave me um, the best hospitality ever. Um, we had some good food. Oh, did we tell Lindsay about the pizza place? Oh, I slammed a pizza at like 2 a.m. mid pit. So I think you need to visit that place somewhere in Kamaloo. How'd that feel later on? Oh, the worst heartburn I've ever had in my life. But man, that pizza was good going down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he just commented in and said, uh, no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we don't know what we're talking about either. Somebody just commented in. So maybe he was wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. False info. Um, 
Yeah, so I really wanted to thank you for uh, for taking me down there, man. We had a good time. We got some uh, cool content out there as well. So I'm glad that we no, were able that, to do it. It was rad, man. It was rad to have you along and somebody that actually uh, enjoys being with us because we're a pretty stupid bunch. <laughs> but you fit right in. It was pretty crazy to see some of the shenanigans that went down. It wasn't like you guys were out there like just fucking off, but it was just funny to see everybody's attitude towards each other. You got to have a little bit of thick skin, but it's super fun. That's the only way you get through this stuff, you know? How is it with your guys' crew, Linz? Oh, it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's just everybody messing on with Corey, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's got the thickest skin? Yeah, we actually put I think we I think we put in one of our edits on one of the days like you sitting there uh, or you yelling at him saying, give me a wristband, Ryan, not Corey. Yeah. <laughs> we did throw that in. <laughs> so it's documented now. Yeah. Uh, that's hilarious. All right. So um, we're going to wind down the show a little bit here, but uh, I want to know uh, how boring the rest of your week is going to be since you just experienced such an epic adventure. I honestly don't even remember my Monday because I'm still sleep deprived. So <laughs> talk to me tomorrow. <laughs> See what happens. Hey, thanks for yeah. wearing your Honda shirt too. Cause Jeff wasn't you wearing know? a, Jeff wasn't wearing a Honda hat and one of the Honda executives called him out. And I'm not wearing anything KMC. So I just wanted to make sure that I Dude, was representing both. Well, we got a little bit of video here with the KMC with my hat. Both, well, there you go. I called James and twinned out with him this morning, made sure he wears black KMC hat and a black t-shirt too. So we were twins. Yeah. Uh, all right, what do you got going on this week, Lens? I'm just catching up on work. I I always tell myself I'm going to work when I'm down there, and I never... I oh, it even... never happens. I think I broke my laptop open like one time. Yeah, I didn't even open it. And that was to download the race course map, so yeah. that's work. <laughs> you, still, you still had a bunch of phone calls and stuff, though, so you were still kind of uh, working. Kind of. Uh, yeah. yeah, all right. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on and, and hanging out with Thanks, us, man. Please. It was it was a super, super good time down there. And hey, I'm suggesting next time, though, we have the super uh, content team with Lindsay and George teamed up. There you go. That yeah. would be pretty, pretty cool. I don't I don't think Baja could handle that kind of content. Dude, <laughs> I, I got to admit, though, that uh, your guys' friend, Nick Sawyers, yeah. he, he gets fire content, dude. I don't know how and he does it. You talk to the guy, you know how his brain is like somewhere else. So he's able to come up with it. And he like hiked straight up a cliff that was like 600 feet in the air. Like, I don't know how he yeah. got up there. Uh, it's amazing. That's why he comes along. <laughs> he he nailed it for sure. Uh, for all sure. right. Well, and like I said, thank you guys very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. The The car behind me doesn't thank you as much as I do, though, Ryan. Ah, uh, fuck that thing. We'll let it sit back there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys later. I, I appreciate later, it. Guys. Man, that's so cool to have everybody uh, joining us and having such a good time. Um, the show has already been, uh, well, it's actually going to be a little shorter today, but uh, we had a fantastic time. Uh, we don't really have very many people, uh, or excuse me, anybody else, because uh, everybody's going home and going to bed, which I want to do. Uh, we don't have anybody else to ask the rapid fire questions. Um, but, uh, man, maybe you guys can submit some. Maybe you guys can tell us what you guys think would be good for rapid-fire questions. Um, I haven't gotten a reply back yet uh, today, but uh, we're supposed to have Carl Renazetter on the show next week. So that'll be pretty cool to see if that actually happens. I'm not sure if it will, um, but uh, we'll see if it happens. If not, we'll have a fill-in guest for next week. Um, we've got plenty of other stuff to talk about because we were barely able to brush the surface because everybody's so tired on this Baja race. Um, but we really do appreciate everybody joining 
like I said, you guys are our lifeblood. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you to James Hill with, uh, from IMG Motorsports for hanging out and talking with us. Um, he did a fantastic job at the Baja. Um, Ryan Edwards, and as much shit as we're, we're giving him, he did an amazing job as well. He brought uh, brought the car home. Like I said, fourth place for those guys. Insanely cool. They were just so tired and so whack. Worked just like many of the other drivers out there. A lot of you guys that were watching, you guys were worked as well. So um, we really give kudos to everybody that was able to finish that race. Thank you very much to uh, Jeff Proctor for calling in. Uh, Justin Smith, unfortunately, wasn't able to join us. He had some business that he needed to attend to. And uh, congratulations to Jeff as uh, he got a uh, first place in the 7200 class. And uh, thank you to Lindsay Geyser for joining us. She's always a breath of fresh air. She does such an amazing job with all the stuff that she works on in the off-road industry. Uh, she had a fantastic week, and it was good to hang out with her for the little bit that we did. And, uh, man, Brandon Sims was uh, a wealth of knowledge as far as the UTV racing goes. So thank you very much to him for calling in, and congratulations to Brandon and Skyler for them uh, being able to win the, the Baja 500. Super, super cool, man, in the Pro Turbo class. Uh, Lolo Locke said, uh, what do you think about Score's new race courses, always putting bottleneck-prone areas? Well, I don't really know. I can't answer that. I think that's a better uh, question to ask for some of our guests. So maybe when uh, we have another show that talks to some of them, uh, it really does affect things. And I've seen it. We had to go on course and uh, do some repairs and things like that to this vehicle behind us. And it was very, very limited. And I could see where the bottlenecks would happen. But I can't be the one that judges that because I don't know. I've never been in a bottleneck during a race uh, that was bad or anything like that. But I can see that it's a pretty gnarly thing for people to deal with. But you also have to remember that they're setting it up so that we can continue racing and uh, just keep it going. Like, that's a part of the course. Like, that's a part of the event. That's a part of something that you have to deal with. And maybe not everybody has to deal with it, but everybody behind that has to deal with it. So maybe the question or the answer is, see if you can get in front of it. I don't know. I really have no idea. Uh, Mikey Kelly just commented in. Uh, Skyler, thank you very much. Yeah, it's Baja is a really good answer. It's a simple answer, short and sweet. Mikey Kelly commented in saying, uh, that was my first ever Baja race uh, I went to, and it was so cool to be there. Congratulations to all the finishers. Agree, man. It's a good ender for the show. We've had so many comments come in. Uh, yeah, and figuring out your way around it. Yeah, I mean, it is. It really is. Um, thank you very much, San Asylum. Uh, we really appreciate the, the compliments. Uh, the show has been really awesome because of all the people that have joined, not uh, not just me. So um, the off-road community, man, it's the off-road community. We all love to stick together. I'm sorry that we weren't able to get to everybody's comments on Facebook. We had a bunch come in, uh, only a couple on YouTube, but um, this show was really good. I really appreciate everybody. Um, you guys are the ones that make this thing possible. I can't say it enough. So keep giving us all your love come and uh you know hang out with them slide into our dms do whatever thank you so much to everybody in the audience thank you so much to all of our guests we really appreciate it like i said hopefully carl renazetter is next week keep your fingers crossed for us and uh thank you we love you good night thanks for listening to the dirt life show 